0: Hello, and thanks for finding us. Blum, blum, blum. Karam, Deo. Karam, Deo lo- <laughs> Karam Deo is a local church in Denver, Colorado. We are a network of friends following Jesus together. Join us for preaching, teaching, announcements, and other musings. Hey guys! What? I, fancy seeing you guys here. This is great. Uh, so cool. <laughs> Everybody loves a good object lesson. This will not disappoint, I promise. I was just touting your praises, but I'll just pray for her, and then we'll... <laughs> Ben's already hooked. He loves it. He's, yeah, he's you could, in You can say anything. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's in. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for Christy. We thank you for her faithfulness to you over years and years we thank you for her willingness Um, yeah and I think the older I get I'm just struck by the key sign of maturity being how well we can love others and yeah we thank you that Christy exudes that and so we just pray you guide her mouth her ideas her thoughts as she tries to communicate what's in her heart today And I just pray that we'd be receptive, not just in our minds, but, yeah, on a deeper level, I pray we'd be receptive to what she brings. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, I'm pumped to be here with you guys today. I'm actually not that nervous because I'm like, these are my friends. And so we're just going to talk a little bit um, about evangelism. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah. So... This, this will make sense, but as, as we think about the different gifts and graces God has given us, everyone's equipped a little differently, and praise God for that, and when I was asked to speak on evangelism, I'm like, oh, I got the cuss word, great. There, I think evangelism gets a bad rap sometimes, especially um, in some of the ways that it's associated with a lot of different things, Right. Everybody loves the shepherd. Great, like he's awesome, he's fun, he's he coddles you he takes you to green pastures. What's not to love about that, right? But evangelism, you're like, ooh, shoot. What does that mean? I want you to take a second just quietly for our internal processors. I I want you to just start thinking about what images come to mind. When you hear evangelism or evangelist or um, what does it look like to spread the good news, okay? Uh, Many of us, not all, but many of us have come from a church background where that carries a certain amount of baggage, right? Um, So start thinking about those. You're going to share in just a hot second um, with someone next to you what some of those images are, but I want you just to start thinking about that. Now, I will warn you. I can talk forever about hiking, backpacking, so I'm going to try to reel it in. But I was thinking about evangelism. I was thinking about, geez, why is it so hard? Why do we shy away from that word? And I did think, well, because it carries so much baggage, right? One thing some of you may know about me this summer, I uh, took a pretty big adventure and I hiked 450 miles over the course of 40 days on the Pacific Crest Trail. So it was super rad, super fun. Again, we can talk for days, kid you not, days about this. Um, And I have thousands of pictures if anyone wants to suffer through that. But one thing that I quickly learned on the trail is this very important formula. I'm going to set these down, because always I'm going to hit somebody with those. This very important formula, okay? The heavier your pack, the slower you go, the worse off you feel, okay? But living in the area that we do with our REI flagship store, um, there's tons of gear to choose from. So I started reading about what it means to be an ultralight backpacker. And the more unfortunate formula is That the more you spend on your gear, the lighter it will be, the happier you are on the trail, okay? It's very unfortunate that it's not inverse, but that's how it is. I probably dropped about two grand, okay? Don't judge me too hard, but um, I didn't eat out for 40 days, okay? Two grand. (laughs) Um, So one thing that you learn on the trail, too, is that you need to be really, really smart about what you take and what you don't take there's a phrase on the trail, it's called a shakedown, okay? A shakedown is when you go through your whole pack and you determine, um, do you actually need this? You're carrying around five ounces of something you don't need, what are you thinking? You're lifting it every step, you go up, the the 2,000 foot passes, that's ridiculous. So you do a shakedown. You start to take out things out of your pack. I kid you not, every time I went to town, I shipped like a small package home of stuff. Um, Probably shouldn't have shipped the rain jacket home too early, but it only rained once on the trail. So there you have it. So open my little pack here. You see it's well-worn. Actually, people would call me a newbie because it's not very dirty. They're like, ooh, she just started. Ben, I brought this for you. That's for later. So... Things you don't need, egg carrier, don't need this. I didn't actually, I wasn't stupid enough to take this, but I thought it'd be funny. Um, Right, right. Emergency blanket, sounds like a good idea. It's actually kind of heavy for what you get out of it. No, right. Toilet paper, we could have hours of discussion on how to handle all those things on the trail. This is not effective, okay? No toilet paper. Ben, I brought these for you, too. Sorry. That's, don't, don't mind that. A map. On the trail, your map is on your phone, actually. They have these really rad apps that show when you're slightly off trail. You don't need a map. This is actually pretty heavy. It's like three ounces, okay? Micro spikes. All right? This is important if you're starting early on the trail because once you get up to the Upper altitudes, there's going to be snow. You clear a pass. Suddenly, you're on the north side of the pass. There's snow everywhere. You do not want to slide down either intentionally or unintentionally on a pass, okay? So you hook these to your shoes. But these are super heavy. They're like close to a pound, okay? So shipped these home after I'd cleared all my, my passes. Um, I have a really good friend who lives way up north Michigan, and he gave me... This mallee pack, he called it. I don't even know what that means. But it's got this really rad, like, super intense. You could, hit, you could just throw it at someone, and they would die. Nice. Little knife thing. That's cool. So heavy. You do not need this Ben. OK? <laughs> Take it out of your pack. All you need is a Swiss Army knife about this big, OK? Got that? So shakedown. I sent home the pepper spray, actually. That was, my mom kind of had a heart attack when she saw it in the box. Like, why did you send home the pepper spray? <laughs> and then, of course, you have things that you do need, like this puffy that used to be in mint condition and now has duct tape for, per an accident on the trail. Um, rain jacket. It, it was actually really heavy, so I bought a poncho instead because I was in a place where you only, it only rained like once. Poncho worked, got some funny pictures with it. Um, I won't go through the whole pack. You guys get the idea, right? That like there's things that we think we need, that we think go in the pack, but it actually is just gonna make you miserable. And the heavier your pack, the less likely you are to persist and make it the 2,600 miles that the whole trail is, or 450, (laughs) the little piece that I did, right? So um, I want you to take a second to think about like what things in this pack called evangelism, okay, what things are we carrying? I think sometimes we hear like, "Well, I can't evangelize, I can't share the good news because I, I don't actually own any tracks. How am I going to do that?" Or um, I always get the order of the Roman road mixed up, and it comes out funny and weird. OK, so as you've thought about that, what the sort of things do you picture or imagine about evangelism or that you've seen done? Um, share it with someone close to you. Just like a couple of things that maybe come to mind. Just get your mind going on that. Okay, I'll, I'll give you like a couple minutes. All right. I want to hear what you guys thought. What are what are some of the images or things that came to mind when you were thinking about evangelism? This is participatory, guys. What what were some of the things that you talked about? Images that came to mind, either negative or positive. What? Yes, go for it, Harvey. Yep. Yeah. I think five major theme was like either you're being pressured to do it. Mhm. Right, yeah, so feeling this pressure to say the right thing or to, to press into something or pressurize someone or Billy Graham, who's, like, an amazing speaker and speaks to thousands, yeah. What else? Yeah. yeah I, I feel like most people are really hurt by the church, and yeah. I carry that, carry on with me everywhere, mm-hmm. So I'm very upset to what I have to say about the spiritual things, to non mm-hmm. believers, I want yeah. to push the and to Yeah. Yeah. Really well. so yeah. The well with and yeah, so this idea that so many people have been hurt by the church that we're actually scared to talk about our faith because we don't want to add to that somehow. Yeah. Anything else? What else? Yeah. Like, uh, I think it, for me it's a steamrolling or like a strong-arming conversation where mm-hmm. you're driving the conversation to where you want to go. You're not actually going back and forth with the person. Right. That was always my experience. Yeah, so this controlling where one person in the conversation knows where they want it to go, so then they kind of steer it that way and kind of plow over somebody. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Mimi. Oh, I was just going to say this agenda. Yes. There's always this agenda feels wrong. Yeah, so someone's kind of... They have already in their head what they want to say, so they're pushing it, um, and it feels like inauthentic. Yeah. <sighs> that's good, I mean, that's, that's fine. Yeah, 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 has, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in addition, there's also a evangelism sometimes tied to a cultural conformity. So yeah. if you are going to be a Christian, Yeah, Yeah. so there's this idea that in order for you to receive the good news, you also need to look a certain way, yeah. right? So there's uh, a pressing of culture, but it can also be like the moral police, too. Like in order for you to hear or receive the good news, you need to look and act a certain way. Um, and so I think even sometimes for a vandalist kind of, you almost feel like you have to be the moral police, that you have to also be responsible for convicting, right? Thank you, guys, for sharing. I, I, I wouldn't recommend Googling it. It's probably not helpful, but I did. A person who seeks to convert others to the Christian faith, especially by public preaching. Um, the American televangelist. The primary job of an evangelist is to spread the gospel message, also known as the evangel. As an evangelist, you will travel from one place to another to preach the word of God. You will proclaim and communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. Christians have developed several types of evangelism. Pulpit, passive, and aggressive planned. What is that? Okay. Some of the things that we stated, I feel like I could try on and maybe step into, but a heck of a lot of them, no. That's not who I am. That doesn't feel right to me. It feels like a very uncomfortable and too small of a T-shirt to put on. Okay? So then I think sometimes we just we step away from it because we're like, but that's not me, so I must not have that, right? One thing I want to spend the majority of our time on, and I promise not to pull a Dave and go long uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he's still here. Uh, Ooh.' You <laughs> Matt.: you were thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I' yeah, Matt we Matt. Um, I want to take some of those things out of our pack, guys. This doesn't have to be that hard. You can go up these passes. You can kill 450 miles, I promise you. It's not that hard. But what are we carrying that we need to just like get rid of, toss it out? Maybe I would even argue we toss out the whole word completely. If it doesn't communicate what we're trying to communicate with, is it still effective to even use that word, right? Use it if you want. What, what, if it, what if it's so much more simple than that, right? We talk a lot about the message of the good news, right? And I'm actually not going to spend that much time talking about the actual message. What is the good news? I think we, we get it, right? And Jesus, he, he came for us. And he sought us when we were still sinners, and he sacrificed for us. He is the good news. God loves you. End of story, right? I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the good news. I'm going to talk about um, not the message of Jesus, but the means in which Jesus delivered that message, okay? How did Jesus do it, right? Like, we we, we have all these pictures in our head about how to deliver this message, but I don't see hardly any of those in the way that Jesus lived his life, okay? He came, he dwelt among us, he became us, and he's continuing to work among us, okay? So I'm going to focus on those three things. Look at me preaching with three points. Woo, woo. Okay, so he came to dwell among us, John 1.14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, Okay? he didn't expect us to go to him. He became a human. Guess what? Like, Jesus is also God, and he he put on our, our kind of wrinkly skin. We got tons of babies here. He came as a baby. He didn't know how to speak. He didn't know how to walk. He didn't start his ministry until he was 33, okay? Like, he didn't just, like, jump in, know the right things to say. I mean, I get, the, you know, he's a baby, the biological effects. But I'm just saying, like, this is a model, right? Like, let's throw off that pressure that we feel in evangelism because that's, that's not true. Like, it takes time, okay? It takes time to step into that space. Um, one of my... Um, One of my heroes, I went to um, Fuller Seminary out in California, really rad place. One of my heroes in missiology, so a guy who actually like went out there, did your kind of classic move into another culture uh, sort of experience, Um, his reflections on even before he worked in missions, he studied anthropology. And so applying those same principles to how we interact with people can be super helpful in terms of... Uh, seeing seeing how Christ did it, right? So my professor moved to the island of Yap, way out in the middle of nowhere, like literally the middle of nowhere. And he um, is wanting to learn culture. His goal is to learn the language, okay? And I just want to read this little story. He was, um, let's see. He had the choice of where he wanted to live once he moved to this island. Um, a Yapese man took me to his village and showed me two locations where I could build my house. One piece of land was situated on an isolated section of the beach with a beautiful view of the lagoon and coral reef, uh, the other was in the midst of several houses with where children littered their yards with empty cans and voices and activities of mothers and children created a cacophony of sound from morning until night. Where should we live? The isolated beach was the dream spot that all middle-class Americans see in their fantasies of the South Sea life. The lot in the village had all the characteristics that middle-class America tries to avoid. Noise, litter, lack of privacy, and strange people all around. When I naturally chose the beach, my guide said gently to me, if you want to sp- learn to speak our language, the other place is better for you. Jesus came to us. He made his dwelling in us. I mean, you see this even in the, in the Old Testament, right? Like the tabernacle. Basically, God came and went camping with us, right? He came and he dwelt among us. So that, there's, there's a method to the way we are to live in this world. We're to dwell with people. We're supposed to be with people. okay, And take the time to learn their language, learn their culture. And I'm not talking about moving to another country. I'm talking about who are the people in your life that maybe you don't quite understand very well. What if you took the time to listen, to get to know them, to dwell with them, to make food with them? okay? The next verse I want to talk about is Philippians 2, 5 through 11. So, I don't know. I've always heard it as the Christ hymn, um, but talking about Jesus Christ and um, his way of entering our world. So, Philippians 2, um, 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to, to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So, I'm going to stop there. Um, You see, you see two things here, right? Fully God, fully human. Fully God, fully human. I would argue that, that the incarnation is the essence of evangelism, okay? How do you become, how do you sit with other people long enough to hear their story, to know them well, okay? How do you enter into someone else's world? And think about it. It, it is long-term, right? Like, again, 33 years it's not something you're just going to jump into. You're going to meet someone on a street corner and just start speaking to them. Now, let's, let's be clear. God's a big God. He can use a lot of things, things that I personally wouldn't use, okay? Like tracks, passing out, street corner preachers. Not my jam. I wouldn't use them, but God does sometimes, okay? But I'm not saying that that has to be you, right? Jesus came to us. He dwelt among us he became us, he spoke our language, um, and God is still working, okay? Are you guys tracking with me? I yeah. feel like I'm getting some glare. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Paul actually does a pretty phenomenal job of this, actually. Um, I've pinpointed Jess to read some scripture for me. Um, Acts 17, 22 to 23. So Paul's in Athens, He's walking around. I think it literally says he like walks around the city, like observing things, trying to figure things out. He's teaching, but he's also listening, asking some questions and people come to him in this passage. People come to him and are like, dude, what are you talking about? Tell us more. And so they came to him. They asked him a question. Jess, fire away. I noticed that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines, and one of your altars had this inscription on it To an unknown God. This God, whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. So Paul spent time in this culture. He was observing, he was learning their language. He even learned their poets, he saw the shrines. He wasn't afraid to go in and explore. And he's like, Oh, an unknown God. Let me tell you who that is, right? He kept his eyes open for pinholes even in the culture, in their experience, for where God is already speaking and God is already moving, right? So I I firmly believe that God is in a, a million things, right? So how do we as followers of Christ, again, dwell with people, learn their language, speak their culture, and see where those areas are, where God's already at work, to be able to speak into that. Okay? I'm going to wrap this up with a little story. Okay? Uh, and by, by little, I'll probably talk way too long. Just preface. I moved to Colorado in 2011. And I knew I needed to find a part-time job. Always had this dream of being a barista. I mean, who doesn't really, right? I mean, everybody does. (laughs) And so I went, I met this um, gal. um, She was a DU student, and um, she's like, oh, let's meet at this coffee shop. And I was like, sweet, let's do it. So I go into this coffee shop, and I see like everybody seems like they're having a great time behind the bar. They're laughing, joking. And I'm like, oh, I want to work here, right? So I go up to the, I go up to the, uh, the counter. And I'm like, hey, are you guys accepting applications? And they're like, sure, write us an essay. I'm like, about what? And they're like, just write us an essay. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Got it. I, I got a liberal arts education. I got this. One page. Done. And I wrote about my experience in, in Portugal and how drinking coffee with people helped me get to know them. And it was, it was well done, let me tell you. But I didn't have to submit a resume. that had no idea about previous work experience or, you know, even on my resume at that point, I had gone to a Christian college. I went graduated from seminary. I had been a missionary. All that would have been on there, but they didn't ask for that, right? Well, I... I think it was not because I was a good essay writer but because I was persistent and I kept calling them I got the job so I'm in this coffee shop and I quickly realized that had they known that I was a Christian I probably wouldn't have gotten hired based on the leadership and their background based on the people in the shop and hearing their stories there were definitely some really big chips on people's shoulders but more so than that some really really deep wounds that the church had caused but I was part of the team. I steamed milk, made some sweet latte art. We were in it together. We'd hang out on weekends. I felt like upon moving to Denver, I'd found my little family, right? And I saw, like, I, I saw this coffee shop as this new culture that I'm stepping into. Yeah, there are some things that made me feel real uncomfortable, I wasn't cool with. I think during the first interviews. The guy was just some smoking some pot before it was legal. I don't know. So, But I stepped into this culture. I'm learning the language. I'm learning the people, going for runs with people. We're going shopping. We're eating together and feeding people. Great. Fast forward. Um, so that was 2011. Moved to Missouri. That was rough. Moved home to Michigan for five years. Finally moved back to Colorado in 2017. Okay. Interviewing um, at DU. And weirdos gave me a job. And um, I'm, l- I'm like, well, I don't know if I can take it. I get a call. Um, I'd stayed overnight at my um, friend's house who I worked with in the coffee shop. She's like, yeah, spend the night with me. i had come back to Colorado a few times and like met up with my coffee shop folks. Anyway, she's like, oh, you should talk to so-and-so. He's living in an apartment complex super close to DU. I get an apartment I get an apartment in the same complex as a guy that i worked at this coffee shop with years ago right and everyone comes to hang out with him so all my coffee shop peeps are coming to hang out with him right and i i realized like oh maybe there's something bigger here going on so that was 2017. i try to have him over for dinner as many times as possible there always seems to be still this wall. I mean, some of the people in the shop have been really, really hurt. Um, one of my friends, Emily, she uh, came out and her parents were Christians and were real awful to her. And she's received a lot, a lot of pain um, from the Christian community. Mm-hmm. Another um, friend, Susie, she grew up in the church and ton of pain from... Uh, just judgment and harsh treatment from Christians as well. So there's, there's a lot of baggage there, right? Last year, I know, it's getting long, I'm sorry. Last year, I probably went through one of the roughest periods of my life. Um, you know, breakups, they suck, right? Breakups during a pandemic really suck. Really, really suck. Well, turns out, actually, that three of the women... That I worked with at the coffee shop were also going through major, major heartache and breakup, divorce, after a first child, um, another breakup. One of them, you know, even was engaged and had an affair, and like this mess of a heartache of just being so confused and being caught in an abusive relationship and all this. So, well, great, we're all in tears on the front lawn of our apartment building. Because bars are closed, so we're drinking some ciders on the front lawn. And um, I, some of you know, I love to watercolor. And um, I was like, well, guys, maybe, maybe we should make some art. <laughs> and I invited a few of them over um, to, to, to a Watercolor Wednesday on Thursday, because that's what we called it. Watercolor Wednesday, you know, the alliteration, but it didn't actually, anyways, it doesn't matter. So, after years and years of trying to create consistent, like, come over to my house, let's do life together, it wasn't until a moment of, like, complete brokenness, of, like, really being in their world in a way that wasn't fun, that that vulnerability allowed a language, a common language to speak, to share the good news. And... Yeah, I didn't walk through the Roman road with them, (laughs) but I made food for them every single night that we got together. We would cry together, we would listen, create space for one another to be together. Throughout that summer, um, we spent so much time together that one of my friends in that group who was really, really going through it, she's like, you know what guys, I wanna have a burn party. What the hell is a burn party? that sounds a little scary to me. (laughs) Um, And I honestly, I prayed about, like, do I go to this thing? Do I not? I know there's some new age stuff. There might be some Wicca stuff in there. I prayed and prayed. I'm like, nope, I'm going. And I'm going to ask God to protect me and to give me guidance. And knowing that They had been there for me so many times, I wasn't going to miss this opportunity, right? So I just had to laugh afterwards because as everyone's dramatically writing out all the things that they want to release and then burning it and throwing it in a bowl, I'm not just releasing things into thin air, right? Like, I get a chance to pray to a God that I know hears me and to share my heart with him in front of them. And I think what's beautiful about that is that's the pinhole, right? Like here's an opportunity to share the good news in a super weird space without an agenda that feels completely natural and authentic. I've known these women for nine years, okay? It takes time, it takes time to love people well to know their stories well enough, and to just wait for God to move. This isn't on our shoulders. We're carrying way too heavy of a pack. I'd argue we don't have to carry anything at all. We just keep our eyes open and love people well and see where God moves, right? I also think an important piece of that is food. It's hard to divorce evangelism from food. Make food for people. You make friends that way. That's been my strategy for years. Um, But it's a simple way to love people without words, to just be present with them. So I guess my challenge for our community is, what what are those pockets, those people? Maybe it's a group of people. Maybe it's one person. Oh, that's a little scary. That feels uncomfortable. How can you listen? How can you love well? And just keep your eyes open for the pinholes. Where is God already working, and be able to share in that space. Um, I'm not great at anything, so I'm just going to pray. Okay. God, thank you for today in this beautiful community. God, I I just feel so grateful for a comfortable space of, of warm friends, warm family, and. God, I pray that you would help us to trust you in this area of sharing your good news, that we don't have to feel pressure, that we don't have to have the right words, that we can even mess it up a million times and you're still working. I love that. I love that about you, God. I pray that you help us to see the places that we can step into, even if we're uncomfortable or if it feels scary. God, that you would give us courage to trust you even in those spaces, to share the good news with those that you've placed in our lives for a reason. We love you and we bless you. Amen. I'll clean that up later. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you want to connect further, please visit us at www.cdchurch.org.